Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Pierce Bogan. Ooh, with a very little delay in the Pierce Bogan action. How's it going, Pierce? I heard you went to a wedding a few weeks ago. Was that was that lovely and amazing? It was lovely and amazing. I need to work on my toasting skills. Mm. Um, I was responsible for a toast. Although, in this particular circumstance, it was really awkward because I was expecting a lot of people to give toasts. And no one was giving toast. So I felt bad that no one was giving a toast. So I wasn't, I was expected if there no one else was giving a toast to give a toast. And of course, I didn't prepare. Yeah, um, that's a tricky one. That's the worst case scenario for a toast because you don't want to ramble. You don't want to be too short at the same time because then it comes off as insincere. You don't want to say like blessings in your marriage, like that sort of thing. So it was a tricky situation to be in for sure. Well, I'm sure you crushed it. Did I ever tell you that... Uh... That I emceed a whole wedding recently. No. Yeah, you know I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a crowd I'm a crowd pleaser. And uh, my buddy Jesse, he is getting married recently, and he goes, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna emcee my wedding?" I go, "Oh, what's involved with that?" I'm like, "Cause that sounds fun. I like to talk. You know, I can't shut my mouth." And he goes, "Oh, it'll be easy." He's like, "All you gotta do is when the." The tables need to go get their food. Just call, just say table one, come up and get your food. Table two, come and get your food. Right, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, I can, I can do that. So then Sam, his fiance at the time, now wife, uh, she sends me an Excel spreadsheet. Like she is meticulous in details, and it's to the minute of the wedding. And it's like Mats does this, Mats does this, Mats does this, Mats. I'm like, oh my goodness, like every every five seconds. So I was changing the soundtrack like they, they just did a spotify soundtrack which was very smart for the wedding so they had like before music and during and this and this and then i had to call up the tables and then i also had to MC the toasting which was very interesting because not everyone like you said was extremely planned yep. with their toast because some people are like oh i'm thinking of toasting and i'm like well you're either toasting or you're not toasting yep and um I had to like one time I had to go from one side of the room all the way to the other side of the room to actually like hand off the microphone. And I just said a bunch of stuff on the way, like just like really like nice things. And I was like, that wasn't even a toast. I was just getting to the other side of the room and like people like applauded me. It was great. That was my That's story. amazing. No. Uh, well, I was supposed to have more responsibility for this wedding, including the music for um, like who's going down the aisle. They didn't have like a, a live band or anything for, you know, the. Uh, that, uh, I think people are over it. I think I think live music is a Spotify playlist. You're good. Right? And so uh, I was glad that I avoided that responsibility because the person who was responsible for it played the wrong music. So, so it's kind of I, I generally try to avoid things like that, especially in people's most important life moments where if I do my job, then that's like what's expected. Like nothing above doing everything perfect is expected. And if you mess up, it's terrible. Yeah, that was my problem is I was really scared because I go, I'm I'm now make or break of your entire wedding. Like, I mean, you guys just have to say yes, but they already did. So it was it was it was the MC of like the after the wedding party, the wedding reception, whatever it's called. I'm not married yet, so I don't know how it works, but the wedding reception. So I'm just like, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, I could ruin your entire night. But luckily, they said I did a good job. And I'm sure also you peers crushed it. So. We try, we try. Well, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. I'm excited to be back. Um, you know how these things get around releases. So we had Connect recently, and we're working on a new version of Visual Studio. Visual Studio 
2017 version 15.5. Again, love the version names. Um, and something very exciting rolling, has happened in 15.5 that people have been asking for for a long time, like in the Twitters, everywhere. Um, I'm sure they're asking your talks and everything. Um, and that is that people want to be able to file a new project for Xamarin Forms, and they want to be able to use .NET Standard for code sharing. And they need they it in their lives. That's right. And you could always apparently. do this. Well, within the last few months, you could always do this. And the project templates weren't necessarily a blocker in any way. But now we have that integrated into file new. So you can actually file new .NET standard Xamarin forms. It's amazing. Um, so that replaces our PCL option. So that PCL is uh, considered legacy now. Um, it's going to continue to work. If you have apps that use PCLs, they're going to continue to work just fine. I don't think there's any particular rush to necessarily migrate. But if I was starting a new app today and I like library code projects uh, for sharing my code, then I would definitely go with .NET Standard and you get that via file new. And we did some other cool improvements there as well. Um, so we actually went ahead, We while we were doing this whole port, we were like, okay, what other improvements can we make? Uh, well, people have been asking us, okay, well, I file new, you give me iOS, Android, UWP. Um, well, maybe I don't want all those projects, but you give them to me anyways and I have to go and delete them. That's no fun. Uh, so we added uh, checkboxes so you can actually say, oh, I just want iOS and Android, or maybe I want Android and UWP. You can do that now. Um, and we ported all the templates to use package reference. James, do you know what package reference is? Yeah, so this is confusing. So uh, maybe confusing for some, maybe some people that have been using, um, you know, .NET Standard or ASP.NET Core maybe un understand that. But can you describe the difference between there's a new CS proj and then there's this project reference thing? Because... When I did this for the first time, everything happened really fast, and I was very happy. Yeah, so um, there's two, there's several different parts of like uh, the .NET ecosystem in general is trying to clean up because CS processes are nasty, man. Uh, they're like hundreds of lines, and they're really gross. Um, so there's two pieces. Um, one is called SDK SDK style projects. So if you've ever done like a .NET Core app, you've seen that neat little um, that neat little CS proj file that maybe even if you have like you know, 30 or 40 files in your project, it that CS project can literally be like 10 lines long, uh, which is amazing. So that's piece one. We don't have support for SDK style projects yet in Xamarin. It's a top ass, so we're definitely uh, looking into it. But there's another piece that kind of came with that, which was, okay, if we're going to be redoing the way that we um, show CS projects, for example, um, it might make sense also to rethink how we do NuGet package, ref NuGet package management, excuse me. Um, and what's the problem with packages.config, James? You have every single freaking package that is ever referenced by any other NuGet in that file. So if you ever want to jump into that file and just like look at the packages you've added, if you've added like three NuGets and those NuGets reference other NuGets, especially if they're referencing .NET standard, then suddenly you have like 80 NuGets there. And it's like way too much. It's super overwhelming. Um, so why not just put... NuGet references, why have a separate file? Why not just put them in the CS project directly? Uh, that's the basic concept. So uh, basically what you do is you just open up a CS project. Um, so you right click, edit, open the CS project. Um, and then you just add, you can obviously still use the NuGet package manager as well. We can just add a little package reference and then you add whatever the NuGet name is. And uh, I think it's package reference include NuGet name. You can specify a version as well. And that's actually going to transitively restore everything else. Um, so if you want to go ahead and define some of those sub-dependencies, you can still do that. Um, but say, for example, Xamarin Forms, uh, which references the support libraries and the, other, the support libraries may reference other things. 
I don't have to have all of that in my packages.config anymore. I can just reference Xamarin Forms. Now, certainly if I want to say, hey, I want this version of that, I can still do that. But it makes things a lot simpler because you're not trying to kind of go through all these random nougats to figure out which ones you actually want to manage. Um, so that's that's an improvement, I think, and it aligns a lot better with what's happening elsewhere in .NET. Uh, and like you mentioned, this is awesome because it actually allows our file new to actually function much, much, much quicker. Um, so you're going to see anywhere from you know 5x to up to 30 or 40x improvement in file new performance. Uh, we've seen all of those ranges, so that's awesome. So I remember file newing and it taking forever, which was like terrible. It's like why should file new project take so long? Now it's much faster. So now you can create all the apps you want as quickly as you want. So those are those are some updates. I love the templates. I've always loved the templates, but I'm excited. Some of those are minor changes, but I think they're going to make our developers happy. So I'm, I'm really pleased that those are in there. Yeah, it's awesome. I think that uh, there's a lot of nice nice additions coming in. I like the idea of unchecking some things. And that works with not only the Xamarin Forms, but also the Xamarin native ones too, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And then you can do the master detail or the, or the um, blank app too. And I, I've been doing that quite a bit because I've been testing the live player, the Xamarin live player, um, which also receives some updates. And I'm going to talk about two things here specifically uh, that I did, uh, or we did, I should say, uh, for the, the .NET standard, the new templates, and the Xamarin Live Player overall. So the first thing I want to talk about is that, yes, when we released the, the .NET standard support in 15.5, uh, the, the preview, which should be stable relatively soon, um, yeah, we also updated the Xamarin Live Player for both iOS and Android to include .NET standard support and because people were trying to use that for a long time. And they're like, why doesn't it work? Well, it doesn't work actually because of what kind of Pierce just said, these brand new um, project references doesn't give you a packages folder and how the live player is is looking at DLLs and trying to interpret code and things like that. Um, you know, those files all need to be kind of in a spot that we know about. And they work a little bit different now um, with the Xam with the .NET standard type packages. So we needed to not only optimize the iOS and Android um, deployment, but also you know decide are you using shared projects? Are you using um, .NET uh, or PCLs? Are you using .NET standard? Like what are you using for your code? And investigate all those things. Um, so now that it all works out of the box. In fact, I think you can literally go in now and do file new and, and just you can just go and deploy and get up and running in just a few minutes, just like I demoed at, at Connect. It's really, really, really awesome. And that version uh, for Android is stable in the App Store. We actually have some um, things I'll talk about there. If you go to your uh, Google Play uh, on Android, there's different tiers in Google Play that you can get. Uh, essentially, when you go and download it now from the App Store, you will get a stable release. So it'll just be the stable version, uh, which means that you get all the stable updates, which currently is 1.2.80 is the current stable version. But you can also add, um, you can check on uh, on there as an open beta, you can subscribe to betas. There used to be a closed, or it used to be an open beta closed alpha in this fast ring program where you had to like sign up and do all this thing. No more, no more. No, just go and click a button and you're good to go. And you'll get all the latest features. And in stable, we not only added support for behaviors, converters, we added the .NET standard support, but also Skia Sharp support too. So if you're playing around with Skia Sharp, boom, it's in there too. And all of this has also been added into our iOS uh, iOS preview program, um, which 
uh, is super easy now to get started with uh, faster than ever. There's no wait time, nothing at all. You simply go to um, uh, the registration page, which we'll put in the show notes, and you'll be taken to a single page with your first name, last name, and email. And immediately, you will get a test flight email from Apple to um, go and get an update. Uh, it's really super fast because I've implemented um, I've implemented uh, this Fastlane integration with this thing called Boarding, which I blogged about, uh, which is super awesome. And uh, it just takes a few seconds to sign up and you're good to go. And, and we'll put kind of a, a link in the show notes to how I how I did that puppy, which is super cool. So go take a look at that, um, which is super fun. So you can go get the live player, start messing around. We're constantly making updates to it. And in fact, we have some new versions coming out even, even soon. So take a look at that, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. And a lot of other things that I've been playing around with recently, too, is we talked a lot last or two weeks ago with James uh, the other James, not me, um, about uh, App Center, which is a way to build, test, distribute, and awesome services uh, for your mobile apps and desktop apps. But if you're using Visual Studio Team Services, uh, which is uh, VSTS, is like everything that your everything needs or could possibly want. It's your source control. It, it can be all, everything or some of it, but it can be your source control. It can be your release management. It can be your CI, your CD. It can be your uh, work item tracking. It, it's your testing. It's everything. We use it for the live player. We use it for almost everything here um, at Xamarin and Microsoft, uh, which is awesome. In fact, VSTS is built with VSTS and redeployed every three weeks. It's pretty bananas. But they did something really cool for Xamarin developers uh, because one of the big things with App Center. Uh, for CNCD is there's hosted Mac. So you don't have to worry about hosting your Mac and doing all this stuff, um, which is kind of nice. Uh, but now VSTS has it. There's a preview of hosted Macs. There's ways to actually just say, have an iOS project or an Android project. It has Xamarin installed. It has Xcode installed, Android Studio, all that stuff installed. Just say, build on this Mac up in the cloud and we handle it all for you automatically, which is super baller. I've been actually testing it. I'm doing a, a Channel 9 recording later today, actually on how I'm using it. And there's uh, some really cool, nice little scripts that you can run and say, oh, I want alpha or stable or beta, and you get to decide what you want. So I really like that. And they're they're actually doing a lot more for us too. I've, I've been trying to push real hard on VSTS to do a lot more mobile type things. So I blogged a few weeks ago, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it falls in line with this VSTS discussion, which is this thing that they call secure files. And this was always a feature that I always wanted. Because with mobile applications, it's important that you have key stores and provisioning profiles and certs and all this stuff. And secure files gives you a way of uploading all of those into a secure blob storage as part of your VSTS. You don't need to create a whole nother account or store them or even check them into your source code. You can if you want to, but you can just upload your P12 certs, your mobile provisioning, your key stores. And um, you can reference them directly from some new build steps. So the signing and also there's a new install uh, provisioning profile and store install cert, and it'll add them to a temporary keychain and remove them. It's super awesome. I'm, I'm going to do some big, big blogs on this uh, in the upcoming week. So check out not only the Xamarin blog, but also my blog, Montemagno.com, for a bunch of cool stuff as I'm, I'm kind of doing more and more in the, in the world of VSTS. So uh, I don't know. There's so much good stuff. Um, and I think... You know, not only can you learn about everything I just talked about, but all the other awesome stuff that we talked about a few weeks ago with the Connect videos. And, and Pierce, I know we did a big blog post on all the awesome Connect stuff. 
yeah, I mean, like you said, there's so much stuff happening. Uh, it's kind of it's difficult for me to keep track of before the podcast. I was like scrambling. I was like, am I forgetting something? You're like, yes, there's so much more. Um, and yes, so we recorded some uh, videos for Microsoft Connect, some Connect content videos. So if you, uh, Mots, you recorded one on the future of AppDev, which uh, what do you what exactly do you cover in the future of AppDev one? Yeah, so that one's pretty fun. That one's actually like that one's with Nat and we do. Oh, wait, no, which one? No, wait. So I, I did so many videos. Um, <laughs> You're all over the place. Yeah. So I did one with Nat, and uh, that was we did like Cosmos DB, Azure Functions, Xamarin, App Center, Live Player, and kind of and, and uh, Nat did like kind of a developer productivity type thing at Microsoft. And then the one that I did on Channel Nine was bananas. I did like new in Xamarin Forms. I did Live Player. I did Live Player emulator stuff. I did Xamarin Forms on the web, OUI, which is a cool library from Frank Krueger that brings Xamarin Forms to the internet, uh, which is crazy. Um, we did a whole blog or a whole podcast on Merge Conflict a, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was a world. I came up with like that all the topics like Everything was new. Like everything was new. It was machine learning, hot dog or not. It was bananas. It was it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. And then we we also did some videos on what's new in Android O and iOS 11. Always new stuff dropping, not only in Xamarin, but in the native mobile operating systems as well. So there's new stuff to take advantage of there uh, that we cover in some videos. And then ZAMU, Xamarin University, our uh, online developer training Uh also did some videos on uh, getting started with mobile development, which are definitely worth checking out if you. Uh, yeah. There's so much content. Yeah, so, so much, much content. So much content. It's and of course, there. all that's on Channel 9. Um, and yep. then last week, I understand that, or two weeks ago, um, you and James White did a podcast on a Connect recap with some stuff. And then also, obviously, like the keynote and all that stuff is on Channel 9. So if you want to go and check, yeah. check that stuff out, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so speaking of Connect, uh, awesome announcement in the Xamarin for Xamarin Forms developers. Xamarin Forms 2.5.0 has come, uh, which is awesome because two, two, we were in the two threes for a while, James. Uh, we were like 2.3.0, 2.3.1. And then when we got, boom, we got 2.4 and we got 2.5 within about a month of each other, which is awesome. Uh, and 2.5 has some awesome stuff. Um, so native forms is new, but also not new. So you may have known this as Xamarin Forms embedding or forms embedding. So basically, this allows you to take a XAML file and say I'm, I'm writing an, an app with Xamarin and I'm using mostly what we would call the native or the traditional approach. So I'm not using Xamarin Forms. I'm using storyboards. I'm using AXML. Or maybe I'm writing my UI in code. Um, and I have like a couple screens where it would make a lot of sense to use something like Xamarin Forms uh, XAML. Um, well, before you had to do all this extra stuff, uh, and it was a lot of bootstrapping just to use Xamarin Forms in like part of your app which didn't really make a lot of sense. And of course, Xamarin Forms has the ability to go the opposite way and pull in uh, parts of native screens and native functionality as well. So native forms is kind of the opposite of that, where you can pull in a little bit of Xamarin Forms where it makes sense in your app. And so that's now native forms. So that's very exciting. Um, that opens up the world of Xamarin Forms to developers who don't normally use Xamarin Forms, which is always great because Xamarin Forms is amazing. Um, iOS 11 uh, and our good friend, the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X, as me and James were just talking about, um, there's also some changes in there to actually make it easier to make sure that your layouts and stuff are all, you know, iOS, excuse me, uh, iPhone 10 enabled. 
Um, so there's like a, a new safe layout area so that you can make sure that top area that really bothers me for some reason on the iPhone 10. Um, you're not rendering content there. Same thing when you rotate um, so that, you know, your list, for example, is not being cut off by that little area where the camera is, where they do face ID and stuff. And then finally, there's large titles. So the navigation bar um, got a refresh in iOS 11 and they have these huge titles in iOS 11. And so now we have a platform specific and it's literally one line of code. And you can say on when I'm using iOS, basically, um, set preferred large titles and boom, you're using iOS 11 large titles. So you're that's all it takes to use the latest and greatest um, in iOS 11, which is really cool. I mean, that's all the work I have to do as a Xamarin Forms developer. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's actually funny because uh, Heather, she recently upgraded to iOS 11. She has like an iPhone 6s, I think. I think she's gonna get she's gonna get the eight, but it was funny because she opened up I think Mail for the first time and she saw the large titles. She just downloaded iOS 11 for the new emojis. I'm pretty sure, but. Uh, and she opened it up and she's like, what are these? She's like, what is, well, I didn't ask for this. And I was like, I didn't, Apple, I didn't want this. What is going on? Why are you taking up so much of my room with these large titles? <laughs> and it's so funny. It's actually really fun to watch, uh, watch her as a mobile developer, just watch people um, use applications. Uh, so often I'll do that when, when Heather downloads like a new app or something like that or updates the operating system, just kind of like peek in and see what she's thinking on it. Um, she has a developer mind as a developer too, so she thinks very pragmatic, like like I do. So uh, it's really, it was really funny. So we just joked about that. Like, oh, like Apple is always doing so. I never, I didn't ask for that, and I was like, oh, get used to it. It's going to be everywhere. But I actually didn't think that big titles were going to be in. I guess I didn't. I didn't realize that. I always thought that big titles were just for iPhone X, but it's not just for the iPhone X. It's for everything. But I guess for iPhone X, the the safe areas are more important because you have that scrolly bar on the bottom. Yep. And uh, it's, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's a little surprising that it's not just in the iPhone 10 because my tiny little, my poor iPhone 6, which is the phone that I use every day. If you're using large titles, I can see any content. There's no content being rendered, but you could always do something like, hey, if the developer, I mean, if the user is using this type of thing, I think we can, I think you can use the, is, does the devices plugin support that sort of functionality where you can say you're using this type of iPhone? And if so, use large titles. Is that something you could possibly do with the, with the devices plugin? Not yet. I'm working on it. I think I'm, I want to figure that out. That'd be cool. Yeah. So lots of good stuff for iOS 11 and Xamarin Forms 2.5. Um, but performance also got a good look because performance is important. And uh, in 2.4.0, we had this thing called fast renders, which basically took a control, which previously in Xamarin Forms would actually not, I, so like an entry or which is like a text box or an image would actually render down into several different controls at the native level. And so fast renders basically says, okay, well, obviously the more, um, the more views I have, the slower it is going to be to actually um, show this layout to the user and so um, and inflate that layout. So what fast renders does is it actually cuts that down and then layout compression is the next step, which is in Xamarin Forms 2.5. And it's a couple lines of code and boom, you're taking a, a layout which may have up to 130 controls. James, uh, James uh, David has a great example in his blog post where he has a screen and it has 130 native controls on it. And then he applies layout compression and fast renders and he gets that down to about 70 views. 
And so nearly cutting the view hierarchy in half, which is extremely important because basically the way these things are laying each other out is they're having to do like a parent-child relationship and constantly relay themselves out as new controls are added to the stack. So the less controls and the flatter your uh, your layout is, and this is just in general for development, the faster things are going to load. Um, and so this kind of makes it automatic for you. It's automagical. And that I've seen on the forums, people have been having some really good success with layout compression and fast renders. Um, so definitely worth checking those out. And then Mac OS, Xamarin Forms isn't just iOS, Android, and uh, Windows anymore. We got Mac OS, we got ties, and we got all this other stuff, crazy stuff happening. Um, and Mac OS also got some cool refresh. Um, so the tricky part with Mac, it's obviously not a mobile platform. So we have to add functionality that you would expect as a desktop developer. Um, so there's new APIs for exiting the app, for using menus, um, even for using keyboard shortcuts. Um, so there's a whole bunch of new functionality in the Xamarin Forms uh, for Mac OS uh, backend, which is which is really good to see. So lots of new things happening in Xamarin Forms. It's hard to keep up with all of it. Yeah, it keeps going and going and going. And I think what I'm going to do is have David uh, attempt to come on to the Xamarin show like every release and just do a video like highlights there's a lot of good blogs as, as well on our blog but sometimes it's nice and visual to have that you know what i mean um which would be pretty rad but yeah um one thing that's coming up uh that's uh i i think i called it i think i was pretty uh spot on when i said that it would be not a huge deal but maybe it's a huge deal for some people but um be interesting to get some feedback from the listeners but we are officially sunsetting the component store uh, the component store, people don't know, has been a it's, it's kind of it was a precursor to NuGet before uh, we had like official NuGet integration. And, and you know, this was years upon years ago. I mean, I can remember the composer like six years ago. Right. And the idea was that anyone could upload. It's, it's kind of like a mini NuGet, but you had like samples and documentation. You could sell components on it as well. And if you ever see the components little bucket on your app, that's what it is. You probably never tapped on it. It's like, I don't want any components. Let me get my, give me, get my packages from NuGet. And uh, so we're officially sunsetting uh, the components. This will impact most likely not. I mean, I don't think very many people, because if you already have components, those will continue to work. Um, we're encouraging you to move to NuGet, obviously, because I think it's like we did a, a survey of the top of the top components. Ninety seven percent of them were on NuGet and the other three have like replacements that are on NuGet as well. So. Um, or, you know, you if you're using like Syncfusion or Telerik, you can just grab their NuGet sources so you get up to date. So by updating, you'll, you'll probably get up to date anyways. But if you have components, they're not just going to magically disappear uh, in the next release. They're, they were encouraging you to move over to um, the NuGet, the NuJ, um, that is a replacement of it. But if you're doing a new file, a new project from scratch, or you open up your project and you don't have um, components, well, you won't see it in there, which is totally fine because you didn't have any anyways. And you're just going to get some um, some uh, some awesome nuggets. So just take a look at that blog if you have if you if you paid for a component or you you have some components in the transition point. But most likely all I did for any of the old ones that I did, like I updated the Evolve app recently to get rid of all components. Uh, this was maybe like seven months ago. I did it just because it was easier. And the, and the components were tricky too because you had to like have a Xamarin account. You had to be logged in. And I think, you know, it, it, it's a natural progression because almost everyone was already using NuGet anyway. So, um, you know, update everything in one spot. And as a library creator myself, 
it was hard to maintain multiple things. You know, you never, it's, it's already hard enough to maintain multiple libraries. I got to contain mul- multiple package sources, you know, so we can give a read to that blog post if you're um, in need of uh, updating your components. And I think with that, we can go into some of the previews. You talked a bunch, Pierce, about 15.5 preview, and that is both on the Mac and the Windows side of things, which is super rad. Um, and included in that puppy for the Mac side of things are a lot of things uh, for not just Xamarin developers, but developers as a whole. And obviously, Xamarin developers may be interested in some of these features. But things such as uh, MS tests, Visual Studio test framework, if you have MS tests already or X unit tests, they will show inside of our test runner, which is super awesome. They just show up just as you would expect and you can run them. We've also added Azure function support, Docker support built into 15.5. So if you have Docker and Azure functions and all that tooling, it just works uh, and you can open those up, modify them, right click publish to Azure, all that goodness. Uh, of course, there's always tons of performance and bug fixes and all that jazz. But one of my favorite features is our brand new, not semi-automatic, but automatic <laughs> iOS provisioning and signing. Previously uh, and currently, I guess, in the current 15.4, you have this kind of you log in with Fastlane. This is with Fastlane automatic provisioning. You sign in to your Apple account. It pulls in all your stuff. And you have to go manually select a bunch of stuff. But now you can just opt in into your info P list to automatic iOS provisioning, which will download everything, register your IDs and, and get everything all super jazzy. It's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. Yeah. And I mean, that stuff, that stuff, even for me, it's one of those things I, we've, I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before. Every single time I do it, if you do like one of the steps wrong, then it all just falls apart. And it's crazy that, that as a new developer to iOS, I have to go through this, but it's pretty awesome. Uh, if you haven't checked this out, it's even as an experienced iOS developer, it's going to save you a lot of time. So pretty cools. Um, and then on the Windows side, we got some fun stuff happening too. Um, so we already mentioned the live player, talked about that a bit, uh, especially some of the improvements we've been making to the actual live player app itself. Um, so from the IDE tooling perspective, we also made some improvements. Um, so now... Basically, our goal is that the Live Player app, um, if you're pairing with Visual Studio and you're using that, you know, to play around with Xamarin, that should be and feel like a regular debug target. So it should feel just like I plugged it into Visual, Visual into my machine and it's showing up as a debug target in Visual Studio. So a lot of that, I mean, we already supported debugging and all, a whole bunch of other stuff in Visual Studio uh, with the Live Player. And in 15.5, we now support um, integration with the console and error windows. So we'll actually, if you're logging things, you'll see that. If there's errors, you'll see that. Uh, we showed deployment status. So we've added a lot more integration with Visual Studio to make it feel like a regular debug target. Uh, we also made some changes so that when you're live running, uh, and live running is, you know, when you right click, live run current view, basically what that does is that takes that UI and throws it over the live player. And as I'm typing, uh, it's automatically going to be redeployed and reinterpreted on the device, which is pretty awesome. And we made some improvements to that as well, um, because the way I work in XAML, at least, and the way I know many other people work in XAML, is you're constantly jumping back and forth between these different documents, making changes, grabbing snippets from here, changing, a, tweaking this, tweaking that. And it's not really, I'm just in this one XAML file most of the time. And so we actually added an improvement so that if I change the active document in Visual Studio, so if I go to another XAML page, for example, it's going to redeploy that automatically if I'm in live run mode. Um, so it's it's a much more natural way to build UIs. Um, and kind of along those veins, we saw a lot of people were using Live Player to, um, to build out their UIs. And 
Of course, you could always mirror your device to um, your Windows or your Mac uh, machine. Um, but that's not always ideal. Um, it'd be great if it was just on my machine. And as I'm typing, I could see the changes that were actually happening on my device. Um, and so in 15.5, we added support for live running XAML in the Android emulator. Um, so you can actually get all that, that amazing package that you see, that GIF that you see a lot of times where we're mirroring our Android device onto our Windows machine. You can actually see that um, in action um, in the Android emulator with live run current view. So that's pretty awesome because now you get the full package on your desktop, which is amazing. And it's worth noting that this is also available um, on Mac um, via Android emulator and iOS simulator. iOS simulator supports coming to Windows, but it's not in 15.5. But pretty excited about that. I think it's going to make people more productive. So that's awesome. Um, we've also made some improvements to the pair to Mac mechanism or the Xamarin Mac agent, I think is what officially the dialogue says, even though it shouldn't. Um, and so the common problem there is people are trying to connect to the Mac. They have no idea. You get that icon, you know, that yellow or green icon, and you have no idea what any of that means, where the status of the connection attempt is. So we added a little status bar that's actually going to give you some more information about your connection attempt. So pretty excited about all those changes, James. Oh, so many goodies. So many goodies, Pierce, for everybody. I love it. So many goodies. And then uh, I am the PM for the Visual Studio tools for Xamarin. So that's the Visual Studio extension for Xamarin on Windows. Um, and so right now we're undergoing an effort to try and make, basically we want Xamarin to be awesome in Visual Studio. And part of that is performance, uh, not only of the actual application, but your experience in Visual Studio. Um, so in 15.5, we made some efforts to try and improve solution load. Um, and moving forward, I'm tasking an effort to improve solution load, build times, and deploy times. Um, and this is for iOS and Android projects, uh, for Xamarin really all up. And I want Xamarin to be super speedy fast in Visual Studio. And uh, if you go to the forums, and I'll actually link this in the show notes as well, I have a thread up basically saying how you can help. Uh, you can send us some diagnostic information. That'd be super helpful for making Xamarin better in Visual Studio. Very, very, very nice. We love feedback. I'm all about that feedback. So let's do it. Are you ready, Pierce? Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Woo! So I'll kick it off. Um, you know, I'm big fan of Xamarin Forms um, and all the platforms that it can reach because it say. can reach desktop, it can reach Mac, it can reach mobile, it can reach tablets, TVs, um, web now with some, with some really cool libraries. And the Samsung team uh, not too long ago uh, standardized on .NET Core and Xamarin Forms for its UI framework, which is super cool because you can run Xamarin Forms XAML user interface on more than uh, 50 million Samsung TVs, smartphones, watches, wow. and toasters. And what's great here is uh, I know nothing about Tizen, but the Tizen team has been crushing it because they realize that uh, <laughs> they realize that specifically uh, they realize that it's cool to have Xamarin Forms for the UI, but what about all the libraries, right, that are out there? And um, with uh, plugins, you need to implement the platform-specific features. So the Tizen team has been crushing it, and they have been going through all of the most popular plugins that are out there, and uh, they 
are updating all of them. And in fact, I just pulled in a pull request for the connectivity plugin, which is one of my most popular. But I've done it for settings, for connectivity, for battery, and for media so far, at least for mine and probably others. They're just sending a pull request. They're doing all the code. And it just all builds in FA or VSTS or wherever. It's good to go. So big shout out. My pick of the week is Tizen, people being awesome and crushing it. So yeah, that's my pick. Love it. So my pick of the week, uh, and it's going to feel like a cop-out, but I'm serious, is uh, is App Center. I have given apps, I gave App Center a try quite a while ago. I think when it was first announced in preview, maybe this time last year. And boy, has it come a long way in the last year. Um, there's a lot to be had in App Center. And if you if you listened to the podcast last week or if you saw the blog on the Xamarin blog or on the Visual Studio blog about App Center, it's amazing. It's going to make our lives so much easier. Like James said, VSTS is, is great. It's powerful. It can do a whole bunch of different things. But sometimes uh, we need a little bit something a little bit more targeted. Um, and I, I love how... Um, I love how easy it is to do things like um, crash reporting, event reporting, you know, set up that build pipeline le- takes literally five minutes. I think y'all did it in the keynote. Like it's so easy to do all these things. And one of the cool things I really like about App Center too is that this data is exportable and can be taken to different places. So if I want to put it in a- an uh, application insights, for example, and query off of that, I can do that. And Greg Shackles did a cool blog on the on the mobile center, excuse me, the App Center blog about that. So there's all these crazy awesome things you can do with App Center and I'm really excited that it's GA now. Um, I think if you have given App Center a look in the past, it's definitely worth giving it another look because so much has happened in the last year, even the last few months. Um, and so moving forward, uh, that's going to be in all my apps. And honestly, I'm thinking about it now as as the PM for the Visual Studio extension, we should probably get I remember back in the day, James, we had like a, you know, an ad uh, Xamarin Insights thing when you could file new and it was so easy because you could just get like crash reporting when you file nude. We need that for we need that for mobile for App Center. Geez, I'm going to keep saying Mobile Center, but it's App Center now and it's amazing and you should go check it out. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Well, I think there you have it, Pierce. That has been the Xamarin podcast. Crushing it. It's good to have you back in my life, Pierce. Um, and it's always fun to listen to all of our great amazing listeners if they uh, go to xamarinpodcast.com they can actually hit the little contact button you can send us a little email you can contact us on twitter um as well we're we're kind of everywhere we're at xamarin or slash xamarin podcast where you can always subscribe and and get uh little notifications when we release a new episode so definitely check that out in fact i think we need to set up if this and that on that pierce just to make sure that works on the rss feed but i think that'll do it anything else from uh you pierce Nope. Love you, miss you. Glad to be back. Nice. Same year, buddy. Until next time, this has been the Xamarin Podcast. Keep crushing code, everyone.